Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we get into a real state as we take a look at the state of data protection. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. So on this week's show, I wanted to take a look at um, part of the IT industry that is a constant. You know, it's something that's always a challenge. It's always a question, and it's always an issue that is constantly growing. Uh, and that's the world of data protection. You know, as our, as our data estates become ever more complex, ever more disparate, um, ever more geographically spread, the challenges around data protection continually increase. So what is the state of the data protection market? You know, what, what, what is the future of data protection and, and data backup? Um, so one of the joys of doing this show is uh, every now and again, I get to see somebody present something that I find really interesting and get to invite them to come on the show to talk about kind of the topic that they covered and dig into a little bit more detail about kind of the areas that they covered so that we can share them here on Tech Interviews. So so this week is exactly one of those things. So I'm very fortunate to be joined by, um, well, somebody who's become a very good friend over the last few years. Actually, yeah, Dave, Dave Fussell. Fussell. Hi, Dave. Hey, Paul. How are you? Yeah, real good. Nice to have you uh, on Tech Interviews. Um, so, um, hey, look, before we jump into the topic, why don't uh, you take a moment, introduce yourself, tell people who you are and uh, what it is you do. Sure. So I'm Dave Russell. I've uh, been in backup now for a bit of time, about 31 years. And I'm currently at Veeam as of the last uh, two and a half years. And I look after enterprise strategy, but don't let the enterprise uh, scare you in that I really look after how Veeam can better address all segments of the market. But if I had to say I have one remit, it's how we can even further penetrate the success that Veeam's already had into enterprise organizations. So, yeah, so to that kind of thing about um, enterprise strategy, and I think, you, you know, you make a good point, actually, right at the start there about don't be confused by the word enterprise, because obviously data protection is something that affects organizations of all sorts. And I think from the smallest to the very largest, that kind of change in the way that we are, um, you know, the, the, the way that our data platforms and our, and our, our entire data estates has grown and changed with public cloud, with on-prem, with multiple sites, with endless amounts of devices. And, and obviously, um, over the last seven months of, of 2020, um, the vast change in the way that our entire infrastructure looks, you know, no more do we have or necessarily have a thousand people in our big head office we've just got a thousand offices with individuals in and we're looking at how we protect data and and, and deal with all of that kind of challenge um, and a few months back at uh, veeam's veeam on event i saw you kind of present this um uh, this session on uh, the, the current uh, data backup market and the future of, of data backup so so maybe let's start there so you know what, what's your view of kind of the current status of kind of of data protection of backup you know what what are we seeing in terms of the way organizations are handling uh, problems and maybe that's changed actually since you, you did veeam on maybe we've, you've seen some changes just because of the current situation um and, and what are some of the challenges that organizations are seeing yeah there's a lot to unpack there you know i would say even pre-pandemic the the market has really been in transition it's been in transition for some period of time you know it, it's perhaps a little easy to say, oh, we'll back up everyone's purchase backup software. Maybe you even have multiple different backup products deployed in your organization. Haven't we checked that box? And, and sadly, the answer is yes, that's true. People have deployed solutions, but if you unearth, you know, are they really getting the value out of those solutions? Are they getting what they want, what they expect? And more often than not, the answer is no. And that's not just me saying that. Uh, Veeam did a 
global, blind, meaning it was done by a third party. We didn't promote the fact it was Veeam asking the questions. So we did 1,550, so a little more than 1,500 global, mostly enterprise uh, survey respondents from a variety of different countries. And we asked them a number of specific questions about their availability practice. But to put a fine point on it, to help answer one of the questions you posed, the expectation was that they would be getting more from their backup and recovery systems. And then if I had to use one word to kind of characterize the state of the market, it would probably be frustration. And that frustration manifests itself from a variety of different reasons. This survey, I should point out, concluded just as COVID was beginning to embrace or take hold in various parts of the world. It concluded at the end of January. And I'll give you a little bit of color about what I think might have changed or what we've seen since that period of time. But the the frustration that we saw really manifests itself around issues on capability, particularly backup success rates. And just if I pause on that, Paul, you know, it's a bit like saying the very thing that you deployed, you know, a, a service or a product for, your frustration level is that you're not getting what you wanted for that exact same purpose. It's a bit like saying, I bought an automobile and what would drive you to change automobiles? Well, you would like it to reliably start. You know, it's a bit of a um, incriminating statement, if you will, on the current state of affairs. Beyond that though, there's definitely concerns around costs, whether that's license or maintenance or infrastructure costs associated with this. And then complexity, with trying to manage the systems, you know, it's um, the people have already been tasked, the administrative team with protecting a wide variety of workloads. And I always like to say, you know, service level agreements may be certain um, level or certain availability expectation, but the business really believes that you're never going to go down, that you're never going to lose any data. So that service level expectation far surpasses service level agreements. If I said one more thing, just you know, what what's changed maybe in the you know two handfuls of months, roughly, you know, since then in the about nine months or so, I would say, unfortunately, as you point out, we're we're a bit geographically dispersed. A lot of us still working remotely, working from home. Some of us now can go back into the data center, but it's almost a tale of have and have nots. And I've heard this expressed as a K-shaped curve. If you think of a capital letter K and you've got a part of that K going up and part going down. And what we've seen is that those organizations that embraced cloud capabilities, software as a service, maybe they were already had a little bit higher percentage of remote workforce they're kind of riding that upward direction K or curve, meaning they've weathered this transition better than some of the organizations that might be kind of sloping downwards that got a little more fearful. They paused on some of their initiatives. They weren't as well prepared to make the ship from work from home. They didn't have, you know, maybe the equipment, they didn't have the, the networking infrastructure, they didn't have the support capabilities. So, you know, really unfortunately, those better prepared have gone further faster. In some cases, even doubling down on their digital transformation initiatives, rolling out new capabilities sooner rather than pushing them out for next year. 
So, so I mean, it's, uh, so there, there you go. That was that was your revenge for my really long question, wasn't it? So I got a really long answer, <laughs> and um, but that's fine, you know, because I, I think there's lots of really interesting stuff in there, and actually, two of those frustrations that you talk about, I think, have been issues with the data protection industry all of the time that I, I've been working in. You know, and I've, I've worked with you know data protection solutions backups for probably 25 years. You know, and there's always been two things that really strike me about them. One is how complicated they can be. You know, we started actually started off this conversation, didn't we? Talking about your your job title around ent- enterprise and not to be confused about enterprise. Um, you know, because actually lots of the things that we talk about affect the smallest companies to the very largest. And I think one of the things that's always struck me is the solutions that are aimed at that kind of small and mid market end. How complicated they can be. You know, ultimately, these are not people with massive teams of IT folk. They're not necessarily, you know, and even where they have a, an IT team, the IT team, there's never anybody whose job is data protection. You know, they've got 10 other jobs that they're trying to do. So this right. stuff's got to be simple. You know, and you, you talked before about, you know, that the one of the other frustrations being success rates. You know, it's got to be simple and this stuff's got to work, you know. So so they are absolutely things that kind of stand out to me, you know, and, and without preening Veeam's feathers too much on the show. I think one of the things that Veeam talk about a lot, and certainly when I work with Veeam customers, one of the things they will always say is, I just put Veeam in and it just works. You know, and, I, and I'll often say, whether I'm talking to Veeam or whether I'm talking to a customer who uses Veeam, that you can't under underplay the importance of that simplicity and working. Because you know, data protection, you, you don't want to find out that data protection is difficult or doesn't work the day when you've lost all of your data. That, you know, and and we've all, I'm sure we've all seen people in in that. You know, and it, it, I mean, is that the kind of feedback that you get in that you know that that people just want the simple life? You know, particularly because our data is so complex. Give me the simple life. I can just put it in, and it just works. And when I need it, I know it's works. You know, is is that kind of what people are desperate for? Yeah, I think it's really about an outcome. You know, I mean, there are people that like technologies for technology's sake. I'll use that car analogy. You know, there are some people that really enjoy working in automobiles. You know, the phrase, they like to get their hands dirty, like to go change their own oil, make some updates or modifications. But the fact is the vast majority of people, they just want to, you know, press the button or turn the key and, and get the automobile started and they can get on with what they really want to do, which is go to the park, go to the grocery store, what have you. They want an outcome. They don't want to be sort of mired in the experience. And, you know, there's an old kind of crass saying, but in backup, you know, it's very hard to restore what you haven't backed up or backed up properly. And so to your point about you don't want to find out, you know, at day 100, that the last 99 days you have not been properly protecting either all of your systems or all of your applications. So the the phraseology, you know, it just works becomes critically important. And, you know, unfortunately in disasters are now increasingly with cyber events, those are kind of worst case scenarios on multiple levels. But here's the part that oftentimes people don't always consider heightened state of awareness, the business may know that you're down, maybe it's a disaster or, you know, some weather event, or maybe it's a cyber attack and everybody knows that this has transpired. So it's a, it's a very emotional state. Production is probably compromised. You're expected as the practitioner to get data back rapidly, not to lose any data. And, you know, there's a lot going on very, very rapidly, particularly in cyber, because, this, these attacks have gotten so sophisticated that, and they're so nefarious that they go after backup systems as well. They go after infrastructure, maybe overriding microcode. So, 
you're now scrambling, not just for data, you're looking for maybe installation media for applications or operating systems. You're looking for new gear to deploy. Boy, anything that can be done to make that process simpler is is going to be very beneficial and get you to that better outcome faster. That's what it's really about. Get to what your desired state is faster. And, and I think that phrase outcomes actually is, is a really interesting one. And, you know, and I was kind of going back through the notes of some of the things that you, you covered at Vmon that, that um, you know, that, that encouraged me to want to kind of do this show because I think it's such a such an interesting topic. And it's a topic that is absolutely part of every IT decision makers, you know, key thinking and, and for their business. You know, you talked there about kind of business continuity and disaster recovery that, you know, they're right up on the list of things that, that businesses want from their technology stack, from their, their IT teams. Um, and one of the things that you talked about, so because that phrase outcomes does interest me. You know, one of the things you talked about in that, that session that you gave was kind of how global backup and recovery priorities are shifting. You know, and is that is that kind of part of what you're seeing? You know, it's no longer good enough for a business to think, oh, I've got a backup and it sits on a tape somewhere. People are looking to do more with that data and potentially use that kind of uh, data protection capability they've got to maybe enable them to do something you know, innovative inside of their business, maybe using it as a way of integrating cloud or, you know, as you were talking about there, finding new and better ways to build business continuity plans. You know, are, are they the kind of things that you meant when you talked about the way that the priorities were shifting? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I always point to, you know, if you're doing availability correctly, you're protecting 100% of your vital systems with great regularity. And historically, the reason you've done that is, Historical averages globally were you only recovered three to five percent of that data on any annualized basis. And the catch was you didn't know which three or five percent and you didn't know which day or hour that that might be needed. Now you fast forward. I'll use kind of the carrot and the stick. You know, the stick part is cyber and malware. You know, that literally could affect 100% of your data. The attack surface isn't no longer just a, a few systems. It could be the entire corporate landscape, the IT systems that you depend on. So now you're faced with the reality of bringing back full data center, not just a few systems. Now, to your point, though, more aspirationally, I always say if you're going to go through all of the, the trouble whether that's investment, the human engineering associated with it, the gear that you deploy, the networking that you put in place, you're capturing that data, pulling it across the wire, putting it someplace, hopefully putting it in multiple locations following what we like to call the three, two, one rule. But if you're going to go do that effort, then how else can you leverage that asset? Going back to the notion of better business outcomes, you know, now you've got fresh copies of production data what could you do from an app dev perspective, a DevOps perspective, or if you find yourself in a, in a bad situation from a forensic analysis perspective, how could you leverage that data to do more intelligent things? You know, availability, first and foremost, we have to make a copy just in case. And that just in case might now be not just natural disasters, but it could be man-made disasters like cyber, something that's much more malicious. But after that, what can we do to actually help the business propel the business forward? You know, the, the first side sounds a bit like an insurance policy, which is beneficial for sure. But how else can you go and take that and push the business, especially in 2020, when a lot of, or, of many organizations, they find themselves compromised. 
They're looking for new revenue streams, new ways to satisfy customer demands, better customer experience. You know, our belief is that the, you know, the answer is in the data. Obviously, it, it takes human relationships to make that work as well. But we are largely a data-driven society. And however, we can best make that first available, but secondarily leverage that. That's the shifting landscape that we see. Yeah, and I think that's a, you know, I think being able to use that data is, um, you know, is hugely important. And there's a couple of things that you said there that you know kind of got me thinking. You know, that idea that you know, that change in expectation, you know, because traditionally, it, I suppose if we wound back, let's say we wind back 15 years, you know, we would look at a data backup as being just that, you know, that almost the view was, has the backup worked? Yeah, you know, I, I remember when I first started kind of working with people around backups and people would have tape, a tape in their server and they'd have their bit of backup software. And the way that they knew whether the backup had worked was at the end of the backup job, you would set something that said eject the tape when you finished. So you would walk in, you'd open the, you know, you'd walk into the data center or more likely the cupboard where the server sat. You'd walk in and there's a tape hanging out of that and you think, great, the backups have worked. Um, I mean, I always remember one story that we had where um, I, I know somebody that they had, uh, they would put cleaning tape in every day because they didn't know the difference between their data cartridge and their cleaning cartridge. Every morning they'd come on, the cleaning tape was out. They assumed they had a backup because that's all they were looking at. Had the backup job run, you know, and, and you used a phrase before about availability. And I think there's a, there's a, it sounds like a subtle difference, but I think kind of looking at some of those other things that you were, you were talking about, I think the idea of availability is very different from the idea of backup because it's not just so much, uh, I've got a copy of the data somewhere. It's those kind of things that you talked about around um, its speed of recovery. It's potentially the locations that I recover to, or maybe it's the idea make that data available so I can do other high value things with them. You know, is it? I mean, is, is it? You know, is that along the right kind of lines? You know, availability, that subtle difference, but maybe such a powerful difference. Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, if I were to make an analogy of that, you know, what you really want to do is resume, not restore. And maybe the analogy might be a bit of, you know, if the power goes out, you don't want the power to go down. Someone goes, looks for the generator, you know, maybe futzes around, understands what levers they need to push, buttons, et cetera. And then some period of time later, power comes up. What you really want to have happen is perhaps the lights flicker, but quickly the emergency lights are back on or the generator fails over rapidly. You experienced a mild bit of discontinuity but really at a blink of an eye, you were back and going. That's really what we'd like to aspire to, that any kind of service discontinuity is so minimal that it's not business impactful. It's certainly not revenue impactful. It's not damaging customer brand or you know loyalty or any kind of revenue transaction. And then from that perspective onward, you know, we want to reduce the friction of being able to get data to the right place at the right time you know, that's where data portability and cloud mobility become very key, especially as more and more of us are increasingly embracing cloud-based services. Uh, that I mean, that, that piece about cloud, and I, I kind of want to dig into that a little bit before before we uh, get to the end of our, our chat today. Um, but there's something else that you kind of talked about, and I think cloud kind of plays a part in that. But there's something else you talked about in the session that really interested me because... I think when we talk about so, so digital transformation or business transformation, you know, that's a, you know, that's a phrase that we're hearing all over the place at the moment, isn't it? Everybody's looking to transform. Everybody's looking to be, I don't know, it's, it's, the, it's what the cool kids are doing. You know, they're looking to transform. And, you know, and I thought it was really interesting that actually during the session that you gave, you talked about the part that 
Veeam are playing in that for organizations, you know. So, and I, th- and I think for a lot of people that they may look at that and, and they look at Veeam as a data protection company, and maybe not just Veeam, but any data protection company, they'll look at them as a data protection company and they will ask the question, how does a data protection company, how does a backup vendor play a part in my digital transformation? You know, so I mean, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Because I thought you, it, it was a really interesting point you made during the session uh, that the, the part that kind of that data and that data protection model can play in helping a business to kind of innovate and, and, and change and transform. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say unapologetically, Veeam is a backup company, but there's more. And the more is, you know, if you look at the heart of many organizations, it is data. So first and foremost, any backup vendor, the goal is to make data available, to protect it, to ingest it, properly manage it. But when we're going through the process of properly managing and layering on different data services, everything from working with different levels of infrastructure, different cloud providers, different kind of analytics that you can run on top of that, reporting capabilities, et cetera, then we want to be able to surface or expose that data for more than just recovery use cases. Not that to make light of recovery at all, if the if you find yourself either you've lost certain systems or if you've suffered a, a malicious uh, cyber event, you know that recovery becomes highly critical. But aspirationally, if we have a full copy of the organization's most critical data, we believe that we can help fuel digital transformation, whatever it may mean for each organization. And DX or digital transformation often is very unique to every organization. And you might have multiple different digital transformation initiatives taking place inside of your business. But we believe that a great deal of it's going to be fueled by data. So first and foremost, making that data available, protecting it, ingesting it, properly managing it. But then at Veeam, because we can surface that data up, we can instantly mount that known good copy of production data. And we can also move that to whatever location that would be most beneficial to the business. Our goal is to try to help fuel whatever the organization's digital transformation objectives may be. We know ultimately that digital transformation is about trying to improve customer intimacy, customer experience, better outcomes as expressed in customer value. But it all starts with data. And that's what we want to make sure is is able to be highly available, but then put the right data at the right place at the right time, reduce the friction to proper data management and proper data movement. So uh, and that, that idea around data portability, thanks, a really important point, because, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of my day job talking to our customers and, and talking to businesses I work with around modern data strategy. And for me, a key part of modern data strategy is mobility of data, data portability, you know, portability of applications. Um, you know, so so often again, I think that that's something that will be leveled at a data protection company, maybe leveled at Veeam particularly. But how do you help me with data portability? You know, do you, do you want to touch a little bit on kind of what Veeam do in that space? Because I know it's something else that you covered, and, and it's one of those kind of things. You know, you've, you've said a couple of times about you know unap- unapologetically a backup company and the importance of being able to make data available in the instance when a customer needs it. And a big part of that is also a part of that kind of uh, data portability and, and you know mobility strategy. So do you want to kind of touch maybe for people who aren't familiar with how Veeam do that a little bit about how, how that's done? Yeah, you know, it comes down fundamentally to the architecture of the solution is to ingest and write data in a self-describing manner 
such that there's not a dependence on an external catalog to be able to access that data. And this has a number of benefits right off the bat. What that means is if your backup recovery system should get compromised, unlike some other solutions where you'd have to go stand up that infrastructure, both hardware or software, and then you could start to read the data back, Veeam is written in a self-describing manner. So literally you could think of it like an Adobe PDF reader. And as long as you had the credentials, you could go and access that data with any other copy of of Veeam or even a a free utility that we've got as well. And we also have free or meaning no charge versions of the product that can also interoperate with that backup format. But additional value in that self-describing format is the ability to take that and move that to different locations. You could move that from on-prem to one of the major hyperscaler to another major hyperscaler from a cloud provider. You can move that transparently across clouds to the to on-prem capabilities or move burst into the cloud. And there are valid reasons why bringing data back on-prem you know, might be valuable for you. So that's what we really want to facilitate is it's your data. You should be able to access it whenever, wherever that you would like. We don't want an architectural limitation to constrain you from how and and where you can consume that. And I think going forward and tying that back into the digital transformation story, you know, n number of years from now, five, seven, 10 years from now, we'll probably be consuming data in ways that we can't even begin to imagine right now. We'll also probably be generating data in different ways than we are right now. So the fluidity or the portability of that data format becomes increasingly more valuable into the future is our belief. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely right. You know, and that, that ability to move those kind of you know, data sets and those workloads around and restore them in any location, you know, so while it's still to a degree kind of a backup process, it's that, it's that availability thinking again, isn't it? That if I can protect the data over here in the public cloud, I could restore it to my on-prem data center or in another public cloud, or maybe in both, depending on what I want to do with that data, you know? And I think it's that kind of, you know, flexibility and simplicity that's, that's hugely important for, for people moving forward. You know, and as we actually, as we do start to wrap up here, there's, you know, I could easily have this conversation for another hour with you because I think there's so, so much around this kind of, um, you know, this idea around how we build modern data strategy, where data protection plays a part in it, where mobility plays a part in it, how cloud integration, all of those things play massive parts in it. But, you know, I'm aware that you have a life that doesn't include just talking to me and the people listening and watching the show also have a minimum threshold of tolerance for my voice. Um, So we won't won't stay for another hour. But one thing I did want to ask you is that for somebody who's watching this or listening to the show and is in a situation where they're designing a data strategy, they're thinking about the data protection elements of it and how they integrate in all of these ever rapidly changing technology trends. Now, is there a couple of tips that you'd be able to give them in terms of things that they should be thinking about as they as they kind of plan some of that future data strategy? Yeah, and I would I short answer is yes. And I would say this is regardless of what tools or solutions that you choose, meaning it's certainly not specific to to the company that I work for. I would say part of your decision framework should be what do you think your current requirements are? Secondarily, what's your best view into what your future requirements are? And then third, develop a strategy and implementation that's flexible enough to be able to transition into what you 
you think the future state may be and, and of course adapt to where you know so you might get some un, um, unforeseen curveballs but it really comes down to you want to design for the known that's the engineering mindset right you take the known state and you try to have minimal kind of escapes or weaknesses associated with the solution that you put in place but from a data perspective from an availability level perspective the tolerances are so finite, you know, in terms of no data loss, there's ever increasing workloads, we're creating more data. I come back to this flexibility, you need to try to implement to the best of your ability, a solution that can evolve and adapt. If you're hardwired or constrained in some way, either constrained in the deployment model, potentially even the licensing model, believe it or not, I've seen situations where finances keep people back from doing what they want to achieve. But then uh, from a, a data movement perspective, I use the word friction a lot. We wanna reduce the friction of moving data around. You really want an extensible, flexible solution. So whatever you choose to do, just try to reduce the lock-ins or the types of things that are going to try to essentially work against you or create friction from achieving your outcomes going forward. And I think that's a, a hugely important part actually about that kind of evolution and adaptability because it's something that we're tasked with constantly isn't it you know that we are asked as people who are involved in IT strategy or designing or architecting solutions that business the business demand is we want to be more cloud-like, we want scale, we want agility, we want to be able to develop quickly, we want to deploy quickly. And and that has to be true across your entire technology stack. You know, there's no point making a huge investment in public cloud, for example, and then being held back by your data management, data protection tools. So so I think that's hugely important. And actually something that you kind of touched on there, and I, and I make no apologies for this in a podcast, actually, that because I've been a real big fan of this since I saw Veeam announce it, probably maybe just over a year ago. Um, so th these kind of universal licenses that Veeam use today, so this, this kind of move away from... You know, and the reason I talk about this is not because I think everybody should just rush out and buy some Veeam licenses, but I think it's a really good example of commercial and technical initiative working hand in hand. You know, because so while Veeam gave us all of this kind of capability around portability of workloads, one of the things that was restraining that was I needed a certain set of licenses on-prem and then I needed a different set of licenses in the public cloud to protect a workload I might have moved between A and B. And I thought that kind of shift between that and these kind of universal licenses, which then follow the workload regardless of, of where you uh, where you have it, um, I, I think is hugely powerful. So, um, you know, congratulations to, to Veeam on that. Um, so I just want to wrap up with something, actually, that, that maybe just kind of feeds into that. So so we're recording this kind of uh, early October, um, and this, this show is going out um, a, a week in advance of the Veeam Live event on, on October the 20th. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to talk particularly about that event, but one of the things that the kind of theme for that event is cloud data best practices so maybe as we wrap up do you want to talk just kind of briefly around what a cloud data best practice is and you know if people are listening to this ahead of veeam live um what, what they if they want to tune into that what they might hear yeah yeah it first of all it, it really is a live event uh so there there you know no pre-recordings it's going to be live conversations and it really will be conversational. It's intended to offer insights and, and best practices, as you mentioned, ranging from the industry landscape to specifics on overcoming cyber threats to specifics on how can you move and protect workloads into the cloud and all points in between. And it's not 
only going to be Veeam people. We're going to have a number of customers, you know, actually out in the field that do this on a day-in, day-out basis in production. We'll have several industry analysts. We'll have several of our partners. But it will be all with the goal of offering insights and best practices, or actionable kind of advice that you can take away from the event and improve your availability, your cloud data management practice going forward. Yeah, so I mean, it sounds like a great events, and you know, and actually, it's the first time I've seen um, an event where they're talking about this idea of cloud data best practices. So, you know, so I'm going to be fascinated to hear some of the things that come out of that because I think for for most enterprises, like for most of us, I suppose, we're trying to start to figure out what a lot of those best practices are right now. You know, because while I think it's absolutely true that we we should not be throwing away all of the enterprise data center good practice that we've got just because we've moved to the cloud. There has to be an evolution of that as well. You know, it's not quite as straightforward as everything that we did in the data center. We should do in a public cloud data center. And of course, there has to be that piece that deals with I've got some on prem. I've got some in the cloud. I've got some elsewhere. And I've got this kind of ever shifting, ever changing environment around me. So so I think that's going to be some, some really fascinating stuff. So, um, so look, Dave, as we, as we come to the end of our recording time here, um, for people who want to find out a little bit more about maybe some of the stuff you've covered before around this kind of the, the current state of backup and, and its future, or maybe they just want to come and hunt you down online. You know, what, what's, what's good ways to find out more about you, more about Veeam and, and to, to find you uh, on the socials? Yeah, so uh, Veeam.com is a great one-stop shop for learning more about Veeam from a product perspective, from a customer success perspective, downloading no charge, perpetually free versions of the products, you know, try it for yourself, make an informed decision. That's what I would have told people back when I was an industry analyst, Get, get informed, make a good decision. And then from there, you can follow me at Backup Dave on Twitter, Backup Dave on LinkedIn. Uh, shoot me a DM. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But definitely encourage you to check out Veeam Live. Check out Veeam.com. Maybe download some of the products and see if it's appropriate for your environment. We've got 375,000 customers in over 180 countries. So a lot of people are choosing Veeam. It might be appropriate for you too. Dave, look, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate being a guest on Tech Interviews and uh, look forward to having you on again in the uh, not-too-distant future. Thank you so much, Paul. Always a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. If you've got an idea for a show and like to appear as a guest, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. And if you want to make sure you catch the next episode, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe on YouTube or in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.